Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. This is the Weekly Wodge, the fastest, most complete and perhaps loosest podcast on the market. It's also the one podcast that gives you more where you hear from the game's superstars, both past and present. In this episode alone, over the next half hour or so, you'll hear from Nico Hines, Robbie Kearns, Reese Robson, Stacey Jones, Neil Henry, Daily Cherry Evans, Dave Taylor and Wade Egan. It is time to rip in, legends. On August 11, 2019, our guest made his NRL debut for the Melbourne Storm. Nico Hines, let's go back to that day. What are your best memories of it? Um, oh, just being in my hometown, I guess, and yeah. having looking, look, running onto the field and looking down the end of the field and having a whole section of like my best mates and family um, sitting there cheering on for me and kind of gives me a bit of uh, goosebumps now thinking about it, to be honest. And then after the game, I ran over and jumped into the into my brother's arms pretty much into the crowd and um, yeah, it's a very surreal feeling and something that I'll uh, hold very close to my heart and I'll never forget. For a young guy that is playing with the Melbourne Storm and debuts with the Melbourne Storm, there's a one in two chance, I guess, that your debut is going to actually be in Melbourne. To have it in your hometown, the Central Coast, it was almost like it was meant to be. Yeah, that's what I, um, that's what I say to my family actually all the stars aligned that day and yeah. I remember when I first went down for the preseason um, in the storm I actually told the story when my brother handed my jersey to me um I was only meant to go down there for a preseason wasn't signed at the time yeah. and then the draw came out um and I seen that game South against Storm at Central Coast Stadium it was like later in the year and I was like rang my brother straight away I said look at the draw I said man I, I want to I'm going to be picked for that game I want to make sure I'm picked for that game and then come closer to it I didn't think it was going to happen and then it turns out it ended up happening and there I was running out on Central Coast Stadium where I played a fair bit of my juniors as well. So, um, yeah, I, I still pinch myself about it, to be honest, like running out there in my hometown and in front of my home, all my best friends and family, you know, it's just, it was just a perfect fairy tale, I guess. It was and there was a huge Nico Hines fan club there that day and they were all a little on the loose side. They'd been enjoying themselves. <laughs> Mate, um... It was your brother that presented the jersey to you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was going to do it because me, my mum, my dad, brother, stepmom, and my uh, brother's wife was there, and they were all outside at the time. And I didn't know he was going to walk through with the jersey, and ended up being my brother, which is uh, pretty special. And it was special for him, and he, he's helped me out um, a hell of a lot through my short career and, and getting to the NRL. And so is my dad. So 
didn't know which one was going to happen, but it ended up being my brother, and I was yeah, grateful for that. I reckon that is enormous. Great day, great memories. Many more to come, I reckon. Thanks for dropping in, Nico. No worries. <laughs> What about this for a short story from the little general, Stacey Jones? Uh, wasn't too bad. I, I don't know if it's a confused story, but when I left, um, when I left New Zealand on the plane, I spoke to the head coach at the time. His name was Steve Deacon. Yep. And he was saying, I can't wait for you to get over here. Uh, Deeks is an uh, Englishman and been coaching in France for a long, long time. It's fluent in French and said, you're going to love it here. And when I get off the plane, I'm met by the owner. And he says, oh, Steve Deacon's been sacked. So, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh at it. It was, you know. That was yeah. your first interaction on arriving in that France. That was my first interaction, yeah. So, I don't know, yeah. And I'm going, we got no coach. Oh. Are you following us on social media? That way you get your say on topics of the week, upcoming guests, debates, latest news and theories, and we'll keep you updated on who and what is coming up on the podcast, plus exclusive offers and freebies as well. The social media handle, again, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter is The Andy Raymond. The 2000 World Cup, one of the great tours, one that I was lucky enough to enjoy in a work capacity, of course. It was a great group of fellas, great footballers, and a wonderful time was had on and off the field. I didn't wake up with the bruises, the players did. Robbie Kearns, you were one of those guys, and it was an old school tour, very much in the respect that it was hard on the field, but it was hard off the field. I mean, it was a great couple of months away. Yeah, you look back um, and your memories of rugby league, it's, you know, like I think I mentioned to you early on, Andy, I've had too many head knocks, I can't remember too much, okay. but, um, mate, that's that's one one trip away I'll definitely, you know, have some fond memories of that the, the guys we went away with. I think we were away in the UK for maybe about eight weeks. Yeah, it was. Enough, and uh, I think we even had a week somewhere else down here before we actually went away. So when I say down here, up in on the Central Coast, but... Mm. We had a wonderful group of players, and I've mentioned Chris Anderson before. Chris Anderson, perfect coach to get a team together, bonding together, want to play for each other. He didn't have to coach us too much. We had the likes of Joey Johns, Freddie Fittler, Darren Lockie all playing for us, Kamali. Um, you know, all these guys are fantastic sort of uh, players, but not only players, but coaches in their own right. So Chris Anderson didn't have to do too much coaching. He just had to, had to get us up for the games. He did a wonderful job of that, but um, it was just a fun time. I mean, Darren Britt, Jason Croker, Heinrich, Buddy Fletch, uh, Gordon, Jason Stevens. The list goes on. It was an amazing group of boys, and uh, we got on like a house on fire. And as I said, I've I've mentioned him many times before, but Chris and it's all about getting together and having a good time. You can't play for one another unless you respect one another. How do you get respect? have a beer with one another so um, it was sort of a guy and, you know, as you say the World Cup it wasn't a, a, a huge thing back then but mm. we, were, we were playing the likes of Russia and Canada and uh, Portugal and all these teams that you never heard of before so you know, up until it got to the quarterfinals it wasn't that hard so Chris Anderson was all about hey boys do whatever you want for the next three days so we'll yeah. go on to Barcelona 
Kona. Some guys going to Ireland. We had five or six days off at a time. Um, it felt like a footy end of season footy trip, but we were actually playing for the World Cup. That's class, classic. A win over Samoa in the quarterfinals, Wales in the semi-final, then New Zealand in the final at the wonderful venue Old Trafford. That final, one of the great kangaroo performances. It was just so polished. Yeah, I remember. I, I do recall Darren Lockie was outstanding. Freddie Fittler led from the front um, because it was a. We, we nearly got beat by Wales, believe it or not, in the, in, the, in that semi-final. Yeah. They were. They were they were, they were heading us up at half time, and uh, Chris Anderson gave us an almighty spray at half time. And sure enough, you know the Freddie, the likes of Freddie and the boys just flipped the switch, and uh, we went out on to beat them by thirty odd points. Obviously, very slow off the mark, but um, but Chris Anderson, I think in the lead up to that final, was hey boys, knuckle down this week. Yep. Obviously, we've had eight weeks of partying. Uh, no one's have a beer tonight, and uh, he took it very seriously. And, and the Kiwis, from memory, Andy, they they'd beaten England in a very tight game, but they were they were looking the goods. They were, and it wasn't under Chris Anderson's reign. And I mean, the Kiwis started beating the Aussies post, and had nothing to do with me, but post uh, Chris Anderson days. Yep. Wayne Bennett got beat by him a couple of times. Had a superstar side, and so that that lead up to the finals was the most intense week I've had in football. And Chris Anderson took it very very seriously, and. They just tell the likes of Freddie and Joey, they just they were switched on and uh, we went out and did a real job on the Kiwis that night. The 2000 World Cup, great memories, great insight. Cheers, Kernsey. Always love asking this question. We grab a player. This occasion, it's the Warriors' Wade Egan. Who was your favourite player growing up and why? Uh, it was Joey Johns, actually. Yeah? Yeah, so I was a Newcastle fan when I was young, ever since I can remember. Um, I'm not really sure why I chose him first. I think my old man was a South supporter. Okay. So he was a bit off me with um, Absolutely. Su- yeah, supporting Knights. But, yeah, I was just loved Joey Johns when I was growing up. Um, the things he could do with the ball. He probably wasn't the fastest bloke, but he was just so crafty and, yeah, yeah so skillful and so smart. So, Is there one moment or one game from Joey that stands out above the rest or has it become a blur? Yeah, a bit of a blur. I think I remember the, when he came back to play for, for New South Wales oh, and he, yes. he just killed it that game. Um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. I think that was sort of... I was probably I was probably crying on the TV when I was that young, but yeah, it was. Um, I can remember that game. I probably only yeah nine or ten years old, and I can remember it pretty vividly. Him sort of just carving up, and yeah, that's when I sort of jumped on his bandwagon. Griffin Air Conditioning, the best of the best, servicing the Sydney metro area for both domestic and commercial air conditioning installations and maintenance. They've got it all. And Galaxy Finance, for all your financial needs, concerns or questions. If you've got a worry, any issues or just need some clarity, call them now. Both companies are offering specials for unfiltered listeners. Contact them, tell them you heard about them on the Unfiltered Podcast. They will sort you 100%. Their contact details are on our website, Andy Raymond Unfiltered. .com.au. Check them out there with direct links. They're the best and the best of what they do and they're here to look after unfiltered listeners. If you'd like to be part of the unfiltered team, get in touch. Go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Hit the sponsorship tab. We've got several different levels of sponsorship that cater to all levels of business and budget. 
get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. The Legends series, I love it. I hope you do too. You know, at any time, you can go back and listen to a Legends series interview. Actually, any of our podcasts, all of them are timeless. So it actually doesn't matter when you listen to them. And even though you may not have heard them when they first came out, they're timeless. They won't date and they will make sense. They're ready for you for when you're ready. Here's a bit from one of our early Legend Series interviews, Episode 9, Daily Cherry Evans. That side of 2011, an amazing team, amazing teammates, a few old heads, a lot of youngsters, local boys, talent, and a large portion of the team probably playing career-best football. Yeah, that's um, one thing that I always look at, whether it's our side or the other 15 teams, when it gets to the grand final, I always look and say, one to 17, how many have they got playing career best footy? Because yeah. that for us was the year where we had, I can't even think of anyone who wasn't playing good footy. Everyone was just doing their best. And, yep. you know, you sort of, I guess when, when I sort of try to break it down, how are you playing your best footy? Well, you're extremely comfortable in your environment. You're extremely comfortable with your teammates. Yep. Um the game plan obviously has flexibility for everyone to thrive. So, mm. you know, we had a coach that was steering us. Um, you know, it just, it's the perfect recipe, right? It's a premiership. And that yeah. year we had everyone just in sync and it was a really enjoyable time. I guess that sort of gets left a bit, left, left behind a bit is the enjoyment factor. Um, yep. Bloody hell, we had some good weekends together and, uh, and, you know, it was just a good place to be. It was really, really fun. An amazing year. You won the premiership. What do you recall of the experience of not just the game but the whole week of grand final NRL? Yeah, the week the week in particular, I don't remember too much detail about it, to be fair. Um, the, game, I, the game I remember um, reasonably well because we started at daylight. Um, it was one of the... One of the last ones, I think, maybe that played in. We started in the afternoon and transitioned into a twilight grand final. So um, to run out, sunshine in uh, packed yeah. house today in Z Stadium, very very special. Still remember that moment, singing the anthem and stuff. Um, and then after it, you just overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah, all men hug, hugging each other. <laughs> it's pretty weird, <laughs> man love. It, isn't it? You know, a lot of man love. It's great, but. Um, yeah, that, that I still remember the actual game itself quite clearly. Actually, like I was lucky enough to score a try, and it's yes. like time stood still, mate. Like it's so funny if I ever see it on a telly, I just got this. It happens in my head, and I can just see it. Uh, it's wow. so bizarre. It's such a special moment, and I guess my brain has just gone. You are not going to forget this moment. Bang! It's lodged there. <laughs> so it's real. I'm really lucky. I've got that memory. Yourself and Kieran Four and 21, 22 years of age became the youngest halves since the great Brett Kenny and Peter Sterling to win a premiership. Pretty fair company right there. It was. I, I still remember the, uh, the, the, the stat comparison at the time because I was a para fan coming through. So it was extremely humbled to be, 
you know, we certainly weren't in the same um, echelon of those those two players, but we were, we had a stat that matched them, which was yeah. <laughs> amazing. So um, we had a great connection. Um, we still talk now. So and we and we talk about how lucky we were to be yeah. involved in a side that had such great players. Um, we we don't take that for granted for one second. Um, as much as we feel as though we played a part in it, um, we know in particular how important our forward pack was that year. It was unbelievable, mate. They were um, they were extremely intimidating. And then the class of our, our back line was as good as they're yeah, as good as you're gonna see. So um, yeah, me and Foz, we, we pinch ourselves still that we got to come through in such a great side. Another beauty was episode 12, where I sat down for a chat and a few coldies with the Coltrane, Dave Taylor. Um, I had my funnest footy in that first two years under Johnny Lang. Yep. Old Johnny Lang, he is, um, he's probably my favourite coach, just just, yep. because, just because of who I am, how my brain works and how much of a kid I am. That he used to get in meetings and go, all right, we got Dave on the left and we got Sam on the right. Pretend your boxes and you go, fucking bang with the left and you go, fucking bang with the right. Johnny Lane, <laughs> legend. Uh, me and Chrissy Sandow would be up the back just holding each other giggling. Yeah. <laughs> There's another troublemaker from way back, Chrissy Sandow. There'd be some good memories. I think we, um, me and Chrissy, we used to have a little tally sheet when we go into video rooms. And we'd, we'd count down, we'd count how many times Johnny Lang would say fuck. <laughs> I think we got like 72 one day. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> 2008 Dally M Coach of the Year has dropped in. Neil Henry, welcome to the loosest half hour of the week. What do you recall of the 08 season as coach of the Raiders? <laughs> oh, look, it started as we were odds on uh, wooden spoon favourites, I think. I had a bit of a blow up with the big breakfast show, someone there. and, and Anyway, and um, yeah, it was one of those years where I just thought we, yeah, we worked hard and uh, we got on a run at the back end of the year and I thought... Very unlucky to miss out going. It was, I think it was Warriors beat Melbourne in Melbourne. In eight, Melbourne. Eight beat first. And I was sitting at home with my wife watching it and I got this call from Alan Tung. Did you see what I saw? And Tung is on the phone. We're out. We're gone. You know, like just could not believe it and um, devastated that we couldn't, you know, play another round. In 08, Toddy Carney was a handful as coach. How do you control a Todd Carney or is control probably the wrong word? <laughs> oh, you need him. I suppose you need to live with him. Yeah, yeah. come here, mate. Move in with us. Um, put him in the garage. Uh, look, look, it was unfortunate. A great talent, and and I've uh, I've caught up with Todd a few times since, and and uh, the club had to make a bit of a stand around behaviour, um, and and his management weren't willing to to, Except, to, to yeah. abide by what uh, what and transpired, and, and uh, he lost his contract. I caught up with him a couple of weeks ago, and I can back that up. He's matured into a. An absolutely delightful young and respectful yeah. young bloke. You won the Dally M Award, the highest individual accolade for the coach. What did that? What does that mean? Well, a bit of a surprise, I suppose. 
we did have a good year there and we weren't expected to and um, I don't know, I got the vote. But um, it was certainly, and I think I said at the time, reflective of my hard-working staff that I had there, you know, uh, uh, Mick Crawley and and Dave Ferner and our, and also Sean Edwards, my strength and conditioning guys, and I just thought it reflected that the organisation was on the up, and it was just willing to work hard mm. with a bunch of players that just wanted to have a go for Canberra, you know, and its fans. Where's the medal now? It's actually it's been moved around a bit. It's um it's been a doorstop. Um, <laughs> it's sitting next to the record player, but actually we play a bit of family finska where you throw the wooden. Things. And Is that right? It's the actual Finska trophy. So if you come to the Henry place and you win Finska, you get a photo with the Dally M. With the Dally M. You just know accepting that award, there's 15 coaches sitting in the room saying, why bloody him? It's a brutal group, you coaches, so competitive. Oh, well, we have to be, don't we? I yeah. mean, we, yeah, that's that's our job. Um, it's not to socialise too much, just to get, to get the wins on the board and every week's a battle, but... I think there's a there's an unwritten rule within coaches. You've got to respect for their job because you're doing their job. Yeah, and you and you do have that respect for what they're going through because. And I think we're getting more now. I mean, when coaches are under the pump um, or they've been sacked, you know, I got a few messages when I was moved on and, and from other coaches. You know, okay. they they say, "Mate, I hope you're okay. Yep. It's going all right." And I mean, there is a bit of contact amongst them behind the scenes. Yep. It's not all bravado like you see out there. Yeah, where it was you know sort of at ten paces, but I think. Um, Obviously, some coaches have a very good relationship, you know, sticky and bellyache. Yep. And so they, they often well, they sit and have a beer after every game. Yeah. They? <laughs> they go back a long way. That's only because no one else will talk <laughs> to them. Question, what's the greatest sound in the world? But what's better than cracking a coldie? Cracking half a dozen? This is Six Pack of Superstars revealing our top six. Cracking another six pack just for a change and dropping in on the Wodgers, Cowboys hooker Reese Robson. This week, mate, the topic is best six hookers in the game that you've watched and learnt something from. Who's your six? Um, oh, my six? Definitely. You obviously can't go past Cameron Smith. He's been at the top of the game for so long. Um, but I'm pretty sure that'd be in everyone's list. So yeah. you obviously got Cameron Smith. Another big one for me was um, Danny Badiris. Yeah. Um, he was obviously being a, a New South Welshman myself. Um, loved him growing up, and actually got was lucky enough in under twenties Origin to have him as a coach, and I learned so much off him. And um, yeah, he, he's sort of been a bit of an idol of mine. So they're cool. probably the main two. Yeah, and then you got the likes of um, like players in this day and age, like obviously. Ken McInnes, someone I learned a bit off and been able to train with him, him at the Dragons, and he's a great player. Um, you've got Damian Cook, who's sort of um, changed the game a bit as a hooker, being pretty much that dynamic running game he brings to the table. And um, so what have we got there for? Trying to think who else. Oh, Matt Ballon was a hooker I used to love growing up, being a massive Manly fan. Were you a Manly was, fan um, growing up? Yeah, yeah, massive. So I um, always loved Manly. Everyone usually loves them or they hate them. Yeah. So uh, I loved them. And uh, Matt Ballon was a, a bit of an idol I looked up to back then when they were had that unreal team, winning premierships and that. It was great to watch. Um, and ooh, I feel like I'm forgetting one, but 
Yeah, there's five anyway. <laughs> there's five. I've got a feeling in years to come, you'll be the old fella that some of the young ones will include in their top six. Thanks for dropping in, legend. Thanks, mate. Cheers. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, give us some love. Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then whack in a five-star rating and a review. As random and weird ass as you like. Funniest weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Yeah, bribery. Get to it, legends. It's that easy to win. The winner of this week's Unfiltered Series 1 trucker's hat is Shane Tate. Thanks for your review, Big Nuts. Once you're done here, we'd love for you to leave a review on your Apple Podcast app. It takes 30 seconds, make it stand out, and next week the hat could well be yours. We're giving them away every seven days. A cracking weekend of footy coming up, a cracking weekend coming up actually. Own it, legends. Have fun, stay safe, and catch you next time.